0: Hello, and welcome to the Woodard Report Podcast, where we empower business advisors to transform businesses. This podcast
1: is your source for information and news you need for your accounting, bookkeeping, or tax practice. And it is proudly sponsored by Expensify, the expense management app that does it all for every business. For more information about Expensify, please visit
0: woodard.com slash podcast. And now your hosts, Joe Woodard and Heather Satterley. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Water Report Podcast. I am absolutely thrilled to have my good friend, Sharon Fuller, joining us today. And oh, my gosh, Sharon, you have been all over the place lately, Um, just teaching and doing some really interesting and fun things. So I'm excited to talk to you. Yes. Thanks for having me. I'm always excited to talk to you
1: on all of your platforms. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, we recently had you on uh as a firm spotlight on Appy Hour, and that was a whole lot yeah. of fun. So excited to be talking with you again. So you have some exciting you have an exciting new product that Glasswall Adventures has uh has launched. Can you tell us a little bit about what what that is and, and then absolutely. I want to do into why? <laughs> okay, absolutely.
1: So it's called Scalable to Sellable, and the idea behind it is it is the blueprint on how to start and grow your business efficiently and productively with your exit strategy in mind. So nowadays in this accounting world that we're in, a lot of people, um, they they want to buy accounting firms to, to grow instead of growing organically. and. They like to buy when they see people are burnt out or done. So when they come to you and you're ready to let go, you want to make sure that your business, it can be sold to them for the, the best amount ever. And in the, in the meantime, just really making sure that you're functioning at, at your highest level, using the right technology, the right staff, just everything that you need. So really from the start to finish. But my passion of this is really the whole exit strategy and buying and selling your business.
0: You seem to do, I mean, you've done, you've done one. And I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. I know you've sold at least one practice, but you seem to start them. So you are yes. truly an entrepreneur at heart. Like you just love that. Is that right? Yes. I mean, right.
1: I do, I do. I get bored very easy. So then I start something else and accounting and I, I should be careful. I say this accounting firms are just something that came very easy to me. And I especially feel like I, did all the wrong things in the first time. So I've learned, I touched the hot stove over and over. And so I've made all the mistakes and that's where I'm at now is I just, you know, you go to the conferences and you hear people talk and you, you know, you listen to people, just the conversations they have. And you're like, ah, stop, stop, stop. Don't do that. Um, I've done it. And I just sank and I don't want you to sink too. So just like most, most accountants, right. We all just want to help everybody. And I especially want to help the accountants so they can help their clients.
0: I love that. And so you created this program, as you said, out of a passion, but you actually went through this and learned a lot. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, that experience of selling your practice and what you learned and really yes. what it was that you wanted to bring to your peers to help them maybe um, not make some of the mistakes that that you did? Yes, absolutely. So I started
1: my business like almost anyone else, right? I, I was at a job. The job was ending. I was tired of working for other people. I want to work for myself. So I started my own thing. Um, got it up and going. Never thought it'd be anything more than me just working with just enough clients to be happy and pay my my mortgage or whatever. And then it grew. Um, word of mouth grew. And I got to a point where I can either say no to these clients and not bring them on, or I can build a team. So I built a team. Well, when you're a solopreneur, you're not planning for a team. You really don't think about it. You're just honestly just... We're used to being, you know, paycheck, right? And so now it's just like fun. So then I built my team and the problem when I built my team is everything was in my head. I had this amazing process, this amazing procedure, and it was great with just me. Like I was on it. I didn't skip a beat, but then I add someone in. That one person adding them in was easy as well. Got heard where it needs to be. But when I had to add number three, number four, number five, it didn't scale. So that's where we had, that's where a lot of our issues started where I realized, oh my gosh, we need technology. We need to document Anyhow, so I got to a point, um, we were really good at what we did. I spent no money on marketing. We were getting word of mouth referrals left and right, specialized in the VC-backed startups in the SaaS industry. We were a full fractional controller accounting firm. We did everything. Um, And it was just a rough year and somebody came to me. It was actually during COVID, 2020. Three different companies came to me during 2020 and said, hey, we want to buy your firm. You've been referred to us. You do exactly what we want to do. We want to start one and use your firm to grow. And I thought, but you can't, what's for sale here. And so I said no to the first one. The second one ended up not going through because of COVID the third one fell in line. It was just perfect. I'm like, let's do this. So I went through the whole thing, flew through due diligence because I'm extremely organized and on top of those things. So due diligence was like a week for me. The lawyers asked, I gave it was really quick. What happened Is And everything went through and everything, right? Um, What had happened is once the ink dried, I had never gotten to that other side. I have always helped my clients through IPOs, through their mergers and acquisitions. But when they sign that agreement, when the the deal is done, I'm done, right? So now that I'm crossing the other side, I'm dealing with the emotional aspect of it. I'm dealing with the fallout of it. Like my contracts weren't written correctly, so they couldn't pay me everything up front. I had to get paid after the fact, right, based off a churn. And I'm like, nothing's going to churn. Who's going to churn? My clients have been with me for like seven years. Well, when employees get upset and stick around because they don't like the new people, clients tend to want to go with your employees when you're in a service business. So I learned a lot from that. I also learned I'm completely unemployable by anyone other than myself. So this this poor company that had me on for a good six months, I was like, I think it's probably best that I let you guys... (laughs) do your thing. And I'm going to go do my thing because I am not employable. And then I left and started two more accounting firms because I'm a glutton for punishment. And then of course, um, really fell into, I started talking to some people as I was telling them my story and they're like, Oh, you need to help me. Cause I'm going through this. In fact, I even talked to you a little bit about it because you had mm-hmm. sold your firm. And, and yeah, after talking to a lot of people, I was like, "There are so many people out there that don't, know how to get through this or how to be prepared for it. So I spent the last year and a half just building the process Um, and we are launching the courses. They're online. We've got a book coming out, just really the step-by-step process of what you need to do to where you never are in the position I was in. You're always ahead of it. No matter if you want to sell tomorrow or never, you're always prepared for it.
0: That's awesome. So does the program talk you through how to structure your firm today so that when that offer comes across your desk, you can just pull the trigger?
1: hundred percent. So we've got, it's got six modules, six pieces of it. And I think I also have a master, uh, if, if somebody doesn't want to do the huge module, they want to check it out. I think I've got a master work or a master class coming out with Eric Green somewhere. Anyhow, Um, but we, yeah, so it's got six modules and the first is really just your foundation. And then we talk about building your team, your tech stack. Um, we talk about your contracts, um, process, honestly, absolutely everything you need to make sure that your business is where it should be.
0: And you have your goals in mind. That's fantastic. So what is the most important thing? And I don't want you to give away your whole training, but what would you say is the most important thing that you recommend for somebody who's thinking to themselves, I'm just starting my firm now, but yeah, someday I'm going to want to hand it over. What would you suggest that they do today? Write it down. What do you want right
1: now? What do you want? Right. So what I tell people is check on yourself once a year. It's okay to change your goals, but your goals are everything. What your goals are, are based on how you're going to scale, scale your firm. If your goal is today, today, you're not even thinking about your exit, but you're like, Hey, in 10 years, I'm just going to retire and let it go. Write that down. Then next year you set a timer in your project manager tool. You open it back up and you reevaluate and it's okay to reevaluate. But the hardest part of helping anybody scale and understand the exit strategy is trying to get them to decide what they want once you decide what you want even if it's right now the rest is cake but you have to make that decision and like even if it even if it's
0: something that you change at a later point in time awesome now you and i have talked you and i have talked and we had we had kind of a similar experience where we you know our intention was to sell the farm and maybe stay for a little while and then we decided eh, maybe not the right thing for yeah. me um it's hard you, it is hard it is hard I, I think the know. biggest The the biggest thing that, that for me anyway, that the, one of the biggest things is that you're in charge when it's your baby and your business, you're calling the shots. And then all of a sudden you're not. Yep. And so yeah, I was co
1: founder and president. And I still was like, but there was a board, there was a CEO. I'm like, I can't do this. And I'm watching everything that I built. I know they bought it, but I built it from, from blood, sweat, and tears. And now I'm watching somebody else tell me to step back. Uh, uh. It's like a stepmom coming. It's like you being a mom and you get divorced and the stepmom comes in. You're like, listen, honey, you just sometimes you just have to give yourself the space and let it, but not be there while it happens. Right. And then you right. can come back in. And oh, no. Now,
0: now, now do, you, do you talk any um, in your program? Do you talk about that at all? Do you, do you cover like what to consider when you're selling your firm as far as after you sign on the dotted line and what to expect the day after? absolutely that's my biggest thing and i have really strong
1: advice on that and i tell people if you don't listen to me it's not going to work if you're a entrepreneur and you built your business i am telling you this is how it is and if you are the one iota of a percentage that i'm wrong about then let me know but i've never met a person that is not wrong when i say do not stay on longer than 90 days give yourself a 90 day plan and get out You can be available via email, but get out of the organization. You are doing no good for yourself and no good for them. So yeah, absolutely. I like to, it's such an, it's an emotional thing. Once it's signed, it's like no longer business. It's emotional. And I think a lot of business owners have a hard time with that because we want to be so black and white and business, you know, business and paper and da da da. But it's not, it's not. And that's the hard part.
0: Gotcha. What are your recommendations as far as team? So both both you and I, when we sold our firms, um, we had teams that um, were going that were going along with the firm. So yeah. that was a big part. Yeah. Honestly, that's one of the biggest reasons now that firms are buying other firms yes. is for the talent. So, what kind of advice? What advice would you give to somebody that is thinking about selling their firm as far as making sure? that the acquiring firm is going to be a good fit and a safe place for your team. You really
1: have to fill into the culture. It's hard. So it's, that is a, a tight rope to walk on because you're, like I said, when you're in a services business, your team going over is going to make or break the cell. on honestly, because we all know when you lose a team member, you lose clients. So your team has to be happy and you can't tell them too soon or they panic and they start trying to find ways out because they don't know what to do. But you can't tell them too late or they're mad at you and they feel betrayed. So you kind of have to get a really good feel for the owners themselves. A lot of gut feeling, a lot of what's your culture, what's your handbook. Can can you record some meetings? Um, Can I talk to some people? Make sure there's a fit. And then I always tell people, now you're taking on my team and my team is not for sale. They would love to come over because they want a job. But if you want them to stay there, you need to offer them a sign-on bonus. Sorry, you got to do it. And we can figure that out somehow in the sale, but they need a sign-on bonus that says, "Hey, here's a year. Here's a sign-on bonus. If you stay with me for a year, you get to keep this. And if you if you leave, you got to pay some of it back, right? It keeps in there. And then you tell them, and I'm giving you a year guarantee. In one year, if I for some reason let you go, you still get paid for the rest of the year. So it's kind of uh-huh. got to be a two way street because people aren't for sale."
0: No, but- absolutely, they're not. Yeah, and 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 we had a similar situation in my firm, and that's exactly what I had said to um, to the firm that acquired me was, you know, these are amazing people, but you have to make them want to work with you. So yeah. it, it, is, trust it is with
1: is. you, not them. And
0: Definitely.
1: I've had people, members on my team, say, if you sell this firm, I'm leaving because I'm working. I'm here. I can work anywhere. I can get an accounting job anywhere and probably make more money somewhere else. But I'm here because of the culture, because I like working with you because I want to learn what you're teaching me. So when you up and move that, you're, it's 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 scary for the team. And I don't blame them. I would do the same thing. If somebody said I'm selling, I'd be like, no, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sell away. I'm going somewhere else. This ain't my problem. Right. right? So it's, it's a very, it's just a very, it's a hard, um, hard waters to navigate for sure.
0: Sure. And so another question that I have is, do you have a recommended timeframe? Like, you know, one of the things that I felt like when I did my sale, it it went really fast. It was really fast. It was like, we decided we did that again with just like with you, the due diligence went through like really fast. It was like, oh my gosh, this happened in a very short period of time. And I felt like um, if I were to go back and do it over again, I would have slowed that process way, way down. Um, yes.
1: So so here's the thing, when you get that LOI in front of you, you, you stop thinking clearly and you start looking at that dollar sign. It's just what it is. You start spending that money, you start getting excited, you start thinking about your next future, and you're no longer thinking clearly. So what I'm doing now is as an exit strategy advisor, along with Scalable Solo, I'm also helping people sell and purchase businesses, and I sit alongside as their advisor because I'm like, somebody's got to keep you level-headed, because you've got an LOI in front of you for $2 million. You care about nothing else anymore, but don't be me, right? Don't be me. Um
0: Can you tell if, folks what LOI stands for?
1: Oh, sorry. Letter, letter of Intent, Letter of Interest. Um, basically, I am going, I want to purchase your, it's a contract saying I'm agreeing to purchase your business, kind of the same with real estate when you're right. under contract.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a process and I would have done that too. And I probably would have taken a bigger deep breath and I would have analyzed. I would have asked more questions. I would have asked more people around me for advice. Um, I would have listened to their advice. Um, but I just I was I was burnt out. I didn't care. I just wanted it to be done. I wanted it to be done December 31. It wasn't done until February 16. I was like, I'm just so tired. I don't want to deal with that anymore. I'm just over it. I'm ready for the new thing. and then as soon as I did it, I was like, Oh ma'am, Sharon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you again. know You know, it's funny because when you're in a purchase and a purchase and sale, when you're in a MA, right? Um you're and you are the seller right Mm -hmm. the focus on that whole process is on the buyer but it is equally important that the seller does that same due diligence about who are they selling their firm to who are their clients going to be communicating with and and relying on right yeah after the sale um and, you know, and and you know, we talked about the employees, but but also the clients. I think that's really important. And that's something, you know, I was lucky. Um, you know, in the sense that my clients love the firm, you know, where they are now. My employees Everybody are still a very, very good firm. firm. <laughs> and they're a great firm and everybody's thriving and and we had a happy ending, right? Yeah. So um, you know, but I think that in retrospect, I feel like there were things that came up after the sale that I I had thought, Oh, you know, I really wish I had asked this question before the sale, just so I had a better understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are, what are some of those things just rapid fire? What are some of those things that you think people kind of miss when they're really excited about, you know, getting out and they're excited about the money and, you know, they see this as a huge opportunity. What are the things that they tend to not think about?
1: They don't have the after the fact plan in order. So they've got the whole we're buying your firm and lip service of what we're going to do, but it has to be written down. You have to really have that outlined. So my clients are coming over and then what? Then what? You're just ripping them away from so-and-so and putting them so-and-so. You're moving them off of this platform, put on this platform. Um, making sure that there's no change to the clients for th- how the client, like the clients shouldn't even feel a bump or even know for three to six months. Then after three to six months, you go, Hey, we forgot. Guess what? We didn't tell you, but we merged with so-and-so, but we're going to go ahead and get you into our new system. It's already happened. You didn't even know. And that's how seamless it should be. And that was one thing because when ours did that, um, I, I didn't know the answer to that. And I also, I came over and I didn't know what my role was. And I wasn't clear. And I didn't ask. I just, I'm one of those hope for the best, or I just mm-hmm. have, you know, I just assume everybody has the best interest and in mind, and that's definitely not the case. So, anything that's not in writing and not crystal clear to you, just assume it's not going to happen. Assume it's going to go the absolute, absolute opposite way.
0: That's great yeah. advice. You know, there's definitely something to be said for you know the the common trust, right, and the the good faith. They say, right, the good faith. Mm-hmm. But when you're going through, it's kind of like getting married, <laughs> right? When you're getting married, you have to think about what is this going to look like in a year? What is this going to look like in 10 yeah. years? You really want to oh, know. Yeah, yeah. You date for
1: a few years. You I mean, we
0: are Yeah. I know. For like
1: two, three weeks a month, right? We don't know right. anything. And you can't, you don't necessarily have the the ability to reach out and ask the employees, Hey, are you guys happy here? Hey, you know, cause they, they really right. keep it quiet um, until the very last minute. And then by, and then you don't want to shake things up. Cause what if I shake it up and we, now everybody knows. And now this has to go through. Otherwise right. it's going to ruin our lives. So you, you get to this point of no return and it's just scary from there. So yeah, definitely culture is huge. What's going to happen to my clients. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen to me what do you expect from me? Like that has to be written in, in stone. Um, otherwise you could be on the line for a long time.
0: That's Absolutely. And a lot of, you know, a lot of these MA agreements, um, agreements, you know, they are, as you said, they're paid out. They're not, it's not like you sell your firm and you get a bucket of money. Right? Um, they are tied to uh, client retention. And in some cases, employee retention. So um, what that means is that you have to be really careful as you're, you know, moving through the merger um, or the acquisition to make sure that you are communicating in a way that people don't feel threatened. I know for me in, in, in the state of Rhode Island anyway, um, I'm, I was required because I'm a CPA. I was required before I could hand anything over to the the new firm, as far as even sharing client files or information, I had to have every single one of my clients sign a release saying that they they permitted they allowed me to release their sensitive financial information to this third party, even though technically they weren't I mean, they weren't they still had to sign a new engagement letter with the firm the way it was structured. So we had to go through that. And so with in my case, anyway, the clients knew before so they knew before the deal actually happened yeah, i, know. I, I know. They knew what was coming um there were definitely some questions that they had but i had mm-hmm. to have that release in order to um in order to, to to share the information and then there is typically an attrition clause in there that says that if the client leaves after a certain day that they have the ability to reduce the amount that's payable to you yep. um, for the sale. So that's something to keep in mind. And 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 I would say I don't know because I don't know everyone that's ever sold a firm, but I've been involved, I've sold two firms. So this mm-hmm. this one, this most recent one, is my second one. Um, the first one um, that I sold was back in 2010. And that one I stayed for seven years. So that was a oh. very different situation. Wow. I sold a firm and I stayed and I built their cast practice. So I joined oh. them with the intention of building their cast process practice. I did that. I grew it and then got to a point where I decided it was time for me to go and start my own thing. Um, So I've seen it, I've seen it around um, a few times, but I would love to know like overall, like what is the success rate of that? Right. And what is the average attrition of clients um, when you go into a sale?
1: Every, everything depends. Um, I try not to get, let people sell. Well, I would say a, God, it's so dependent. It's so dependent. So if I was going to say an average, you always lose at least one employee, one employee (laughs) who always at least one. And with that one, you lose at least 10% of your clients at least, I would say after six months, a good 30% of what you had are probably gone. And it may not be a significant amount of number, but, but some people just don't like change. Sometimes they'll follow the employee to where they went. Um, and there's not a lot you can really do about that unless you go around suing everybody, which is, you know, counterproductive. But I would, I would say that if you plan on losing one employee and it's always the one you don't think it would be, it's never the one you think it is. It's always the one you're like, no, they'll be with me forever. No, they won't. Right. Right. <laughs> they're going there. They feel, and it's betrayal. It's the one that you never would expect because you work so close to them and they love you. And they're so betrayed for some reason you sold me. And then when they leave, they were such a good employee that the clients follow where they went. And You just have to plan on that. So I would say, I would say, you'd be really lucky if 80% of your staff stays and you get above 70% of your clientele staying. But a lot of it has maybe nothing to do with you and more so the firm it goes to. So you have to be really careful in the the, um, clauses what the, what the client churn is about like did they churn because of this or are you so terrible that they left and they don't like how you run your business that's not my fault because there are a lot of companies that when they buy them um they are just terrible and the client's like i don't want to work with these people i'm sorry i'm out of here and that's not your fault like you handed them right. in this beautiful healthy company and they you know it's just in the gutter <laughs> so you have to be really careful about that as well
0: yeah, the other thing that 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 I've seen too is when you're going into a situation where an aqua hire, right? Which you said don't do. I mean, I think I heard you say that earlier in, in our conversation that don't do an aqua hire. Ninety days. Get out. Yeah, um, yeah. I've done an aqua hire. Like I said, I did an aqua hire that was extremely successful. Seven years I was there. I did one that I still I still think of it as as successful. I think that I got to a point where I wanted to do something different. Um, and we're still friends. Um, and they're killing That's, it.
1: You're that, you're that iota. I'm telling you, yeah. it, it's not like the, the tiny little percent because it's very, 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 rare. I mean, but you're 50, right? 50, <laughs> right? Right. So you're still so, failing, Heather. I mean, you have 50, 50 there. That's a 50%
0: average. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. We <laughs> <Yeah>. one more. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, who knows? What, what I was going to say is one of the things that I did was it is very common within a purchase and sale agreement um, to have a non-compete clause that we're buying your clients and you agree that for two or three years that you're not going to leave and start another firm to compete with them. And I just want to say to people, that's negotiable, right? Because you have totally negotiable, negotiable. never sign that.
1: Never sign that. 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 I would tell people do a a clause of, I cannot take on any of these clients right, right here in this list for five years. Fine. That I'm great with because mm-hmm. you just sold them, mm-hmm. but I exactly. am going to start another firm because it's what I do right. and sorry, um, never do. I would never do an, I had to not compete. Um, yeah. yeah. And it was rough. I also had golden handcuffs for six months where I couldn't even work in the accounting bookkeeping yeah. industry. I couldn't even yes. touch QuickBooks for friends. I couldn't do it. So I was pretty, I was, I signed that. Cause I'm like, ah, I'm gonna be with you guys forever. We're gonna grow this. I'm gonna retire here. We're gonna blow it up. And then I, a month and I was like, ooh, yeah. I didn't think
0: That's that was really good. And it is negotiable and it could, and, and, and in my opinion it should be a deal killer, in my opinion, unless you're looking to retire. If you're looking to retire yes. not a big deal you're like fine do it but if you're not looking to retire and um that that i well, would say if that, you are even if you are don't do it i still say don't do it and i always tell them too like if they're going to
1: keep you on as an employee get yourself a set like a guarantee i need yeah. a two-year guarantee because i'm coming over with a non-compete right. i'll give mm-hmm. you the two-year non-compete if you give me a two-year guarantee on my salary gotcha so that's to worry yeah I'm advice. gonna hang out for a year and a half <laughs> for sure
0: no and I, and I think that definitely there's i mean I'm so glad that you're doing that because I really do feel like having somebody on your side that's been through it helping you yes. is something that you know would have been really nice um you yeah, know just have uh, someone
1: kind of sit there and go hold on hold on hold
0: on hold on hold it's on slow you down because you do when you're excited about <laughs> it you're you just you kind of forge ahead and having someone slow you down is really good. All right. So Joe and I always do this segment on our podcast um, where we talk about a book that we've recently read um, and we share with our our, our audience what a book that we've recently read. And you and I talked about this already. So um, <laughs> I want you to give us a business book that you're excited a about. Business. So. This may be a
1: little biased, but I just read an amazing book called The Insider's Guide to Accounting Advisory Success 2023, and it may or may have not been co-written by me. I may or may not be chapter three. There are 12 chapters in it, so there are 11 other amazing co-authors like Don Berlin, Randy Crabtree, Eric Green, my good friend Sean Duncan, Amy Vetter. Anyhow, it's it's basically all of us have some sort of system or something significant and different that we bring into the industry on advisory and each of us wrote a chapter on that. So it's really a good read and gives you a really good um, outlook and on
0: all sorts of different ideas. So it, it so kinda I- covers different- I'm going to buy that book. And then I want to get oh, all of you to sign it. Nice. Everyone, all <laughs> of you, I want to have a copy of that book, but I want all of you to sign it. In fact, you can yeah, actually to get together and do that and like give yeah. them to all, all of your friends because that's really cool. Yes. Um, Absolutely. And then as far as the book, I know you, you're you an avid reader. What is a good book that you've read yes. recently that you just read for fun? So
1: I have been really into like self um I've, I'm a, anyway, that knows me, I'm, I'm pretty snarky and I've been trying to cure that. So I've been doing a lot of, you know, meditation and like happiness and peace and breathing and those. And it's been very helpful. I feel like I'm a good 70% less snarky. I don't think that 30% is coming out of me, but I think it's been definitely <laughs> been a positive change. So just trying to change for the better and, you know, be a better human. So those are, that's where I'm at, which is crazy because me, Eight months ago, I would have laughed at anybody who read a book like that. And now here I am on my Audible and everything, just listening. My husband's like, "Are you? What are you listening to? Music?" I'm like, "Shh! I've got a book. It's a twelve hour book. Leave me alone." So, <laughs> have
0: you? Yeah. Have you heard of Blinkist? No. What's so that? Blinkist is an app. It's an app that you can get on on your on your iPhone or your Android. And what it does is it's a library, and it actually summarizes books. <gasps> oh. I love. So what it's it like does, notes. Is, it is, but it's it's like cliff notes. You can read it, or it's like you can listen to it. So what it does is it breaks the books down into what they call blinks, which are the main points of the book. And I love it because. I hear that's about amazing. all these business books that everybody's reading and I'm like, I would be reading all the time awesome. if I read all the books. So what I like about it is I can throw it on when I get in the shower and each one is summarized into like Ooh, twenty I minutes. I love that. Or I, can I throw love it on that the or whatever. But it's really I love that app and it's great because if it's a book that like I've listened to the blinks, I'm like, oh I really love that. Then I'll read the book because the like, that I want to Yeah.
1: Or that's a good thing too, because sometimes you're like, Man, I just wasted my time. Is this gonna get better? Or this is honestly right something I just read and the title sounded different. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I love that. I I just wrote it down right here. I'm going to look that up. Thank you. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been amazing, Sharon. I always love hanging out and talking with you. And this was a really great conversation. Um, For those of you that uh, that are thinking about selling. Oh, one last question I had to ask. I want to ask you um, is how can people find out about your new program? Where should they go? Glasswalladventures.com.
1: Or you could just look up Sharon Fuller. It's posted everywhere. I have a really good social media team. But on Glass Wallet is a link. It says scalable to sellable. We've got the first course launched. Um, We're launching the other five after the holidays just because it's a lot of work to launch a course. This thing is it's insane. And I would love to be able to, I also want to get it accredited somehow to where we can get some sort of CPE on it as well. So we're working on that. But glasswelladventures.com has just about every, everything on there, especially the sellable to scalable. Scalable to
0: sellable. <laughs> scalable to sellable. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. This has been fantastic. And uh, I will see you th- soon. And to everyone else, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. For more information, please visit witter.com slash podcast.